Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I thought you'd get in with me. I was enjoying watching the show. Hold on, there's a dog stuck to my wire. When we harmon, you gotta harmonize with me when that happens. I'm sorry, you're very disappointed. It's okay. Anyway, welcome to a super disappointing episode of Crack on Open with Mike and Elise. Not starting off on the right foot here. I had that song stuck in my head for no reason. Oh. Just popped right in there. Don't know why. Oh, it's because I'm crazy. That's right. You are. Because I'm crazy, I chose which beer out of two different beers we were doing for this episode. Based on a word. Based on a word. And that word is dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the other beer next week, so it's not like we're not doing that beer. Yeah. But this week. We're cracking open dinghy party, <laughs> which is a fruited Kolsch style ale from Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. More specifically, the brewery is located in Westerly, Rhode Island. Ooh, Westerly. And you may remember Graysale from when we covered Poor Judgment last year, which is a delicious IPA that the brewery makes in collaboration with a local restaurant. So Graysale was a dream for 15 years before it became reality in 2011. Craft beer had always been a passion of Alan Brinton, who was a chemical engineer by day and a home brewer by night. According to an article from What's Up Noop. What's up, Noop? (laughs) Which uh, I'm assuming stands for Newport. And it seems like kind of the equivalent of like the patch as far as like news sources go. That's cool. But now from now on, anyone who is from Newport, Rhode Island is going to be called a Noop. Noop. What's up? Oh, man, you're such a noop. (laughs) So in 2009, Alan and his wife, Jennifer, started seriously considering opening their own brewery. After locating a space, outfitting the brewery and hiring staff, Graysale officially opened two years later. Jennifer oversaw the brewery operations while Alan continued to work full time as an engineer, all while they raised four children. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot going on. I'd need a lot of, I'd need my own brewery too. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the history behind the brewery building is really interesting too. 
It was originally built in the 1920s as the Westerly Macaroni Factory, where, <laughs> where you could buy fresh pasta. I love how many funny names this episode has. <laughs> After World War II, the United States Post Office ran their parcel service out of the building, and that continued continued until 1989 when Napa Auto Parts moved in. After Napa relocated in 2010, the building was once again available for purchase, so the now owners of Graysale jumped on the opportunity to call it their own and send grain once again coursing through the building. So they brew their first batch of flagship ale on 11-11-11, and the rest is history. Now, in the early years of the brewery, Graysale distributed 900 barrels and had the ability to package 15 cases per hour. In addition to the flagship ale, they eventually added Flying Jenny and then Captain's Daughter, which really put them on the map. Captain's Daughter is fantastic. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's the first beer we had from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brewery first contracted with Rhode Island beer distributor McLaughlin and Moran in 2011 to bring their products to liquor stores, bars, and restaurants across the state. In 2012, they launched here in Connecticut and continued to expand in the following years into Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, and New Hampshire. In 2017, they doubled the brewery size to 7,500 square feet after a renovation which increased their annual capacity to 15,000 barrels. That's quite an upgrade. In 2020, Graysale launched a sister company, a craft distillery, called South County Distillers. During the height of the pandemic, they produced hand sanitizer for frontline workers, but they now produce vodka, gin, agave spirit, which I assume is tequila, but they can't technically call it tequila. Correct. Uh, Reposado, white rum, botanical rum, whiskey, and various canned cocktails. And according to Brewbound, in 2021, Graysale became the first craft brewery in the state of Rhode Island to implement a carbon technology to capture waste carbon dioxide emissions from its production process and reuse it on site to carbonate its beer. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So Earthly Labs carbon capture technology called CC enables craft brewers to capture waste carbon dioxide from the brewing process equal to the absorption work of 1,500 trees each year and avoid releasing it into the atmosphere. Voluntary adoption of climate technologies like these will help Rhode Island achieve their state goals of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 45% by 2035. And if you're visiting the brewery, you can actually request to see the CC system in action. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, So I stalked their Instagram and this is what I found out. (laughs) (laughs) Dingy Party is part of their Wheelhouse series, a rotating series that has previously also included a Goza and a milkshake IPA. I do love Gozas. Mm -hmm. But A, this is not the only iteration of Dingy Party. The first one was actually a version with Key Lime. And B, they've been making Dingy Party seasonally for some time now. I found a post dating back to 2018 that it was a limited run. So obviously it became much more popular than they anticipated if they keep bringing it back. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of information about what went into this particular brew. So I'm just going to go over Kolsch's as a refresher in general, since we've only done them twice on the podcast before. Oh, Kolsch's are refreshing. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kolsch originated in Cologne, Germany. And much like champagne, a beer can only be called a Kolsch 
if it was brewed in Cologne or its immediate surroundings. Oh, that's got to be a Kolsch style. Exactly. Hence why everything we see around is labeled as a Kolsch style ale. Uh, according to craftbeer.com, the Kolsch is a, quote, beer hybrid. I saw on other websites, as a side note, that they were like, it's not a hybrid, it's a lagered ale. So I, okay. there's a little contention about that. Uh, meaning that its production and subsequent beer drinking experience saddles qualities of both lager beers and ale beers. <laughs> this style's fermentation process yields a light, vi- vinous, vinous, vinous character. Um, which basically just sure. refers to its <laughs> muted fruitiness, which is accompanied finus. by a slightly dry, crisp finish. I would go with vinous then, because it's like wine. I think okay. they're trying to... Re- yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm going with. That makes sense. Ale yeast is used for fermentation. The lager yeast is sometimes used in the bottle for final cold conditioning process. So that's the trick there. Ales are brewed with top fermenting yeasts. Typically at warmer temperatures. Meanwhile, lagers are brewed with bottom fermenting yeasts, typically at colder temperatures. With a Kolsch, these two methods are combined, and this beer exhibits some of the best characteristics of both categories. They're light, refreshing, extremely drinkable, pair well with food. Honestly, it's kind of a mystery why we don't see more Kolsch style ales around here. <laughs> I think they're popping up more and more, but yeah. And yeah. I think you see them more in the summertime around here. Definitely. And spring. Yeah. But but we were talking last year that Kolsch was like my beer of choice last mm-hmm. year. Kolsch yep. was definitely like I was after Kolsch's. Yeah. And I think, actually, I only think one Kolsch ended up on my list. Because we only did one last year. We did one one Kolsch the first year of the podcast, one Kolsch the second year of the podcast. Oh, we were just drinking other Kolsch's. Yeah. Okay. Because I know the Kolsch from Universal was on there. And that, we, that, 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 that was, was like an list. honorable mention. Oh, yeah. But we didn't actually cover it for the podcast. Well, we talked about it on the universal yeah. combination thing. Yeah. Oh, but we did do another Kolsch. Yeah. We did um, Millhouse Cold One. That's right. And then we also did Devil, Devil's, Devil's Purse, Purse Candline. Weird Kolsch. Yeah. Interesting Kolsch. Yep. Okay. 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 Yeah. Off. But we've never covered a fruited Kolsch. But although we did have the fruited Kolsch at Universal. At Universal. Which is what we're making my about. top 10 list this year. So, yeah. or last year. So, that'll be interesting to have this one. That's. That's kind of why I got this one. I was like, <laughs> when you said fruited culture, I kind of went, huh. <laughs> Got a little shiver. <laughs> All, right. All right. Only one thing left to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's time. There we go. All right. And we're back. Are we, though? Were we ever really gone? <laughs> you ready to crack this open? Hell yeah. Fruited Kolsch? Kolsch style. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Kolsch. <laughs> oh, Oh, I can smell that passion fruit. Holy foam. I failed. <laughs> you definitely failed, but I still kind of failed. And I had my glass basically sideways. So much so that I actually dribbled a little bit and I still got a ton of head. All right. Then now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Your glass was still like mostly vertical. So you should. You're also not using a beer glass. I know you like this glass, but it I does make it glass. hard to pour beer in that. Well, while I'm waiting Whoa. for the foam to settle. Yes. Holy fruit. Yep. Sweet passion fruit and berries. I smell berries underneath that passion fruit. It's not just yeah, it's not passion just passion fruit. fruit. Wow, wow, wow! Fruit punch ale is some thick foam. This is. It's like not going down. <laughs> Gonna have to drink through the foam. God, no, I can't. Oh, you can't. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Wow, that's sweet. Whoa. It's it's so carbonated. 
Like it made my eyes water a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That explains the foam. It is very sweet though, but very fruit forward. Very fruit forward. You do get that passion fruit Mm -hmm. underlying the whole time, but the rest of the fruit, whatever this fruit punch is, which there's definitely some kind of berry-ish notes in there. Yeah. um, Really give it this fruity flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of just like assorted berries. I feel like. Yeah. It tastes like. Trick I definitely cereal, get, but like when yeah, you take I definitely get a the- little bit of blueberry, <laughs> a little bit of raspberry. Yeah, heavy on the berries. Maybe the passion fruit's there to give it a that fruit punch note. Yeah, like hey, it's not just berries, but it's a lot of berries. <laughs> it's good. I feel like I need to be outside in the sun on a deck to yeah. really appreciate this, or on my dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It does feel. A little seasonally inappropriate. I just saw something on the can. I spoiled my. I spoiled the can for myself a little bit. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it is a little seasonally inappropriate, especially since today is a cold, rainy, gray rainy, day, dark day. It's been like night, like dusk, dark since like two o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, it feels wrong to be drinking this now. Yeah, I definitely want to be like out in the on the deck yeah. drinking this next time. This would be great on the tiki deck mm-hmm. in the sun. Soaking it up. And considering how fruit forward this one is, I'm really disappointed that we just completely missed the key lime one. Oh, yeah. The key lime one sounds awesome. Uh, But as usual with the Kolsch, it's this perfect combination of this. It's like a salty Pilsner kind of a thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I really love about Kolsch's is they're kind of lager adjacent. Like lagers are nice and easy drinking. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like with Mexican lagers that I've started to really like. And then these Kolsch's that I really like. Kolsch, yeah. Kolsch styles that I really like. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> is there like adjacent? They they do a little something extra to your typical lager. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And in this case, it's like it's saltier, a little heavier. And then obviously they add these fruit punch notes or these berry notes mm-hmm. to really like punch up the flavor and change it up. And it's nice because you're getting these fruity flavors without hops. Yeah. Or hop overloads, which, you know, IPAs are great. I do get a little bit. Of, there, There's a little bit of like maltiness to it. A little bit. Yeah. But obviously hops are what usually creates like, oh, we're getting these berry notes or we're getting this passion fruit. Note. Yeah. And like this this case, is actually just there's straight actually berry. just like there's fruits in here. Yeah. And I, I, obviously this beer probably is hops. Probably some of the noble hops would be my guess. That would be my guess. Uh, it would be but, nice to have that information, though. Right. Just saying. <laughs> no SRM rating either. No one's given an SRM Nothing. rating forever. But I like getting these fruity notes without it being like adding extra bitter to it because it really changes it up and really shows you the difference between maybe an IPA that's got fruit notes mm-hmm. to an actual fruited beer. Yeah. In a way. Yep. It is a nice comparison. Also a nice change of pace. Because while you can have those fruited IPAs, though, what's interesting is you can have those fruited IPAs and they give out, some of them give out like berry notes. We've had ones, some that have given out berry notes mm-hmm. and a lot give out passion fruit. Any Anything that's like um, single hopped with mosaic is super berry. Oh, yeah. And then you have a lot of stone fruit or passion fruit kind of hops. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Passion but, fruit for sure. <laughs> but when you drink those, which do give off those and you can taste the passion fruit or something very similar to it. At least my mind doesn't go, I need to be sitting and drinking this out in the sun. No, there is there is a difference. But I when agree. you drink something with the actual thing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden my brain is like, I need to be in the sun. In the sun 
drinking this. Totally. You're on a holiday. <laughs> All right, I'll put Island in the sun. On. Or like, what are we allowed? Like ten seconds? Uh, under thirty, I think. But yeah, ten seconds would probably be best because you might get flagged. It's got a nice fruity aftertaste too. It does. It lingers just a little bit. I'd say my main Nothing complaint crazy. is the foam. Yep, big time. I still have. I've been drinking from my can this whole time because the foam in my glass still not has gone down. And I just fucked up my glass by not pouring it sideways because I didn't have space. I should have just drank the rest of that and then poured that in there. No, your foam has kind of gotten to the point where it looks like actual beer. That's true. It's almost drinkable. Well, that's an interesting method to get it to go down. I don't know if it's going to work. Anyone out there with some good tips on uh, getting the foam to to get the fuck down? (laughs) Get at us. How does one quickly reduce foam in a glass? I might have figured it out. You put your hand over the glass. You cut out all of the oxygen. <laughs> I also feel like the saltiness adds to a little bit of the outsidiness of it, though, too. Outsidiness. Outsidiness. That's a technical term. It is. Because <laughs> it's got that little bit of like that salt air, which maybe you only get like that kind of feeling because uh, we live like right on the beach. Right on. Yeah. So maybe like only coasters know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, I've when it was really warm last week when I left work, I could smell the beach even from work. Oh, really? Oh, so nice. <laughs> but when you do that, you get the salt air, especially when you spend a lot of time outside. You know, eating on our deck or going for walks on our board on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. You know, you can taste almost the salt air. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what this gives you a little bit of as well, which I'm sure isn't an accident from Gray Sales Brewing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but I think that saltiness really adds it a lends it a bit of uh, that summer requirement that it has. Yeah, I will say I don't know how many of them I could have in a row. No, they're a bit too sweet. Yeah, I will say the sweetness does get in the way of it. Doesn't take away from its. Doesn't take away from enjoyability. Its enjoyment. Well, the first sip I was like, oh, that's really sweet, but I got used to it. But yeah, it's it's definitely something that's maybe too sweet to have a whole bunch of. Yeah. Although I could I could probably switch to another either another fruited beer or another something similar to a Kolsch, like a Pilsner or a lager. Oh, yeah. I think once you're on this train, it's tough to get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to kind of stick with Kolsch, Pilsner's, lagers. Maybe you could go up to a session, but I don't think once you start with this, it, like the IPA is kind of a tougher Transition. Transition to go get on to from there. Yeah. But that being said, I don't know if I can go from an IPA to this Kolsch either. No, because the I feel like a lot of the flavor would be lost. Like your your tongue would still be all it would expect hey. the IPA and something <laughs> would be off. Hops, yeah. <laughs> uh you're drinking bad beer, there's no hoppiness to it. Mm-hmm. So I think once you're on this road, you gotta stick to this road. Yeah. I think this would complement like um that's it, spring ale and summer ale pretty well. Yeah, eh, maybe not summer ale, but definitely spring ale. Ideally, the old version of spring ale. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? You did. You're not wrong. I mean, I still liked even new spring ale, but your old spring ale was better. Should I get the, I saw the the four pack start springing up. Should I get some? Start springing up? <laughs> oh! Totally unintentional. Yes, absolutely. You should. The fact that you didn't already makes me angry. <laughs> The can. Shall we talk about this crazy can? 
So the can's got two sides to it. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. On one side is, well, the whole thing is like a stick-on label, so it doesn't go all the way around. It's a tall boy. Mm-hmm. And one, it's bordered with like a lime green kind of border. Which I'm actually a little surprised. So, oh, okay. I guess maybe it's a continuation from the other side. But um, on the previous iteration, this text matched that color. Ah, okay. Okay. Which makes sense with the key lime then. Mm -hmm. So it's got that key lime. It's kind of like a key lime color on the border, top and bottom. And then on one side, which is the main side of like the gray sail brewing of Rhode Island, you get the little logo, which is also that same color green, basically, and a circle. And then wheelhouse is written across it in like this 1950s script. Almost like you'd see on a boat, like writing on a boat, I guess, that names its name. Mm -hmm. The Creative Ale series. One pint. And wheelhouse is obviously in a wheelhouse of a a boat. (laughs) It's a wooden boat with just a ship's wheel in it. And that's basically it. And you're looking out into the sea, which is a small portion of it, like a gray, gray sky and a choppy sea. Definitely like a, a New England looking sea. And then you get two borders, two little white strips on the side, blocking that picture from the picture on the other side. One side's just a government warning and a regular old barcode. And the other one says fruit punch ale, Kolsch style ale with natural flavors. Gray sale brewing. Of Rhode Island, 63 Canal Street, Westerly, Rhode Island, 02891. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter symbols, graysalebrewing.com, facebook.com slash graysale, at graysale. And then you've got the dinghy party. The dinghy party is happening <laughs> right there. Everyone's in a little dinghy on this water. It's done in like a, a minimalist kind of cartoon form. You get someone with a guitar playing some music. You get an octopus climbing onto some lady's boat as she's fishing. <laughs> The guy who's playing guitar has a cooler with beer open next to him floating in the water. Other people are eating burgers, drinking. There's a dog with antlers and a cat in a boat. A guy barbecuing burgers, dolphins, a seal in a boat, a couple kissing, a dude waving to who? None other than the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> oh, really? Is that the what you spoiled for That's yourself? That's what I spoiled for myself. That's the Kool-Aid guy. I didn't even see that. Oh, he's there. Oh, my God. He's like a Where's Waldo. <laughs> awesome. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody else is riding a banana because there's tons of fruit in this water. Oranges and lemons and strawberries and grapes and cherries. Uh, bananas, limes, tangerines. Everything is all over the place. A giant pineapple in the middle. There's some fruit in these waters in the dinghy party. <laughs> And a dinghy party's logo is all like blow up balloon shaped. Yeah. All colored in like a raspberry red. That's definitely what caught my eye. The Y on the party has a uh, party hat on. And the P from the party is blowing one of those things. I don't know what It's called. not a kazoo. I, I yeah, know. the things that blow the straw forward to make the funny sound. <laughs> yeah, that's a better version of it. Yeah, that's what it makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a guy snorkeling too. You can see his flippers and just his snorkel popping up. <laughs> Oh, so I see a shark fin on the, an actual on shark? the other Oh, yeah, other look corner. at that. Because a lot of them are fins are like apples and oh. limes and stuff. <laughs> it's a really cool picture where there's a lot of stuff to find and a lot of little details in a small space, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see how that caught your eye and does look make it look like, again, it's a very summery can for a very summery beer. Yeah. 
But I think that's a little different than the other gray sails we've had because I think a lot of the gray sails kind of look like the other side of this image. Yes. Very like stark, that's, just like mm-hmm. gray sails. That's definitely the more the style of their core beers. There'll be rough waters ahead in gray sail. Mm-hmm. But you'll be sure to be relaxed when you drink one of our ales. Gray sail <laughs> brewing. That's kind of what I picture, like this gruff pirate guy going on the water, drinking yeah. this beer, which is kind of the image they put out. When I think Graysdale Brewing, those kind of, like that front other side of the can is kind of what I picture. Yes. I believe Captain's Daughter is kind of like that and a bunch of the, we've had great, a bunch of Graysdale's at this point now. Mm-hmm. So. I know I really like Flying Jenny and. I think um, I don't like Flying Jenny. That's the pale ale. I feel like Captain's Daughter, I like but I feel like it's one of those ones that's a little higher in ABV. So I tend to shy away from it depending mm. on the circumstance. I guess. Yeah. I know. I, I, I like Captain's Daughter. I have it whenever I see it, but yeah, but this is really good, but I think you're right. I think we should save the other cans for when it's summertime outside. Yeah. It feels more appropriate. Yeah. Cause right now it just feels wrong to drink this can. Like I almost feel like I, I picked the wrong beer for this week. I just picked it based on the fun name, but. I think maybe we should have done the other beer and then maybe this next week if it was a nicer day. If it was a nicer day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like this would be more appropriate for maybe like a month from now. Oh, but. no. Now I'm saying the other two. Yeah, for sure. Gotta wait till we're outside. But that's really all I got about this, Kolsch. Yeah. This is really good. It's good. Sweet. Very drinkable. Very enjoyable. Maybe one and done. Yeah. It's just a little on the sweet side to have more. I think if they toned down the sweetness a little bit more, it'd be more for me. Maybe yeah. the lime one, the key lime one would be a little more drinkable. I would, I'd be very interested if they brought the key lime back. What, what other fruit do you think would work with this? If they decided to move on to a third hmm. version of it. Mango, obviously with real mango. Ooh. Um, yep. Straight up passion fruit, no berries. I don't think I want a full berry. No. Key lime is good. I think a straight up lemons one would be good too. That'd be interesting. Because like, again, it gives me a little bit of that spring ale kind of note. Do you think that would kill the Kolsch though? I don't know. That's what experimental beers are (laughs) for. (laughs) But it might, yeah, it might kill it. It might not be great, but it might be great. I feel like lemon might actually be a little bit too citrusy. Maybe because key limes are sweet limes yeah. compared to the citrusiness of key, a key limes lime. are to limes as oh maybe Meyer lemon, maybe Meyer lemons. I'm not a huge Meyer lemon guy, but maybe. I'm trying to think if a tangerine would be good. That was actually going to be my next yeah a tangerine or a tangelo. Yeah, definitely not an orange. Mm-mm. But one of the adjacent ones might be nice. Ooh, pineapple would be good. Ooh, pineapple would be good. That'd be super summery. Yeah, you have to tone down the sugars, too, because the pineapple would give you a lot of sugar right there. Mm-hmm. Might have to tone down the saltiness, the quote unquote saltiness. Or I, I wonder the if they would have to, like, tweak the entire recipe just to adjust for the the sugars. I'm sure you'd have to do that switch in any of the fruits, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Clean mug club. I'm um, getting there. Not quite, but almost. Doesn't count unless we both mug club it. Oh, it doesn't? No, why would it count if only one of us does it? should be both. Shit. All right. Well, that, that's going to affect how we do our mug club thing. Okay. <laughs> or you'll have to put a dash. Just we got to let it be known. Yeah. You, me, or both. Okay. But that's all, right. all I got. Well, that's all I got. 
So I guess thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. We do. We do. Wait, we do? We do. Oh, okay, we do. <laughs> what else you got to plug? I've got audiobooks. Guys, buy them on Audible. Michael Butler, Switch Art Front and Gangsters, which is like a Guy Ritchie novel. I do a bunch of British accents. It's really fun. Uh, I've got Coffee at Midnight. A collection of short horror stories, Progressive Entrapment, a collection of really gross horror stories. Actually, it starts nice and turns into gross horror stories because it progressively entraps you in grossness. I've got uh, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, which is a a podcaster goes on the hunt for a missing person, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I've got The Final Girl, which is like an 80s slasher novel turned into a horror book. Uh, And I got a bunch of others. So just go on Audible and check those books out. I'm sure you'll find something that you'll love to listen to. And remember, I don't make money unless you buy these books. So please buy these books. And Crackin' One Open is part of Forgotten Entertainment. Uh, and while you're on Forgotten Entertainment, check out some of our other great podcasts, including Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience. In its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about it, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is not just available on ForgottenEntertainment.com, where Crack on Open and a whole bunch of other things are. Wink, wink. But also, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts on all the social medias, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to not only this podcast, but that podcast as well. That's what I got. Oh, yeah. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.